I'm so excited to get you right before uh, you packing yeah. up and moving forever. <laughs> I'm so, like, sad. But it's okay. It's all right. It had to come at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of great things from Wharton to money to Drake and other <laughs> and other great things. Speaking of Drake, have you, um, did you see that he's going on tour with I Migos? Saw. I'm probably going to go during one of the New York yeah. dates. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. The thing is, I don't, I want to see Drake by himself because yeah. I'm not like that big of a Migos fan and I just know it's going to make the tickets so much more expensive because it's all of them, but I'm like, there's going to be four of them on stage. And I'm just like, but... Yeah. Do they even have that many songs to All I know is, like, there? Walk It, Like I Talk It. They have Versace. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. original. <laughs> um, but I don't know of any others, really. Yeah. It's called Aubrey and the Three Amigos. <laughs> and I think that's so funny. And now all these people are like, oh, that's where Amigos get their <laughs> name from? And I'm mm. like, but... <laughs> did we not... I mean, but it's fine. It's cool. I'm probably also going to go. Those tickets are probably going to be really expensive, but they're yeah. coming to Philly, so... J. Cole's also on tour, though, so it's just, like, where... Oh, yeah. I don't know. You you seen J. Cole? I have. I went to the 2014 Forest Hills Drive tour. Ooh, that, that was that probably was a amazing. good tour. It was amazing. Did you like this most recent album? I did. I liked it. It's definitely better than... What was the other one? For Your Eyes Only or what? Oh, the one about death. That. <laughs> that one was just like... Yeah. There's some songs off of that I like, but I definitely like this better than that. Yeah. But it's still like third in my... Yeah, I would put it like... No, more like fourth. So... Yeah, I feel you. I like J. Cole too. And if he was on tour and I had the money for it, I would probably go. But like, you know... It's like, it's touring season, and I just, everybody, everybody. from Beyonce to Drake to everybody else, oh, true. I'm just, like, not. <laughs> like, her, um, her, like, jacket from Beachella, like, already sold out, and it was $450. I was like, what's so cool? <laughs> I don't know. So, you recently graduated from Wharton. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, can you talk a little bit about your concentration and how you arrived at determining that? Yeah, so I'm concentrated in finance and then OID, which is operations, information, and decisions. And then specifically, I did the information systems track. So pretty much finance was pretty easy in deciding it. I just felt like, one, I needed a major that I didn't have to explain, like I'm about to have to explain OID. (laughs) And two, it's just for black women and black people in general, it's assumed that we're non-technical because, you know, racism. And then, <laughs> Yeah, of course. So I felt like it was important to have hard skills on paper. Um, so that was that. I'm not... I like finance, and I definitely prefer, like, the work than, like, studying it. Um, so that's fine. But OID is, like, my favorite thing. It's basically... So it's a pretty big program, and that's why there's different tracks. But my track specifically focuses on using technology to optimize... Um, any process really, but also a big focus on supply chain and efficiency. Um, so I think that's really cool. And I just think that, I think it's like one of the best concentrations offered in Wharton. And I think it's getting bigger. Like the professors in the department are all amazing, like geniuses. And it's just, I respected them so much. And because of that, I'm actually like, I had always wanted to go to business school, but, um, now I'm looking like more significantly more at MIT for business school because that's, like, where all of my favorite professors from OID went, and I just feel like that strong technical background would be lit. I didn't know you were that techie. Did you want to be in engineering at all? I never... I always knew I wanted to be in, like, someone's business school. I didn't look into engineering, and I've taken, like, 
not like a course, but like a, it was like once a week, like programming, and we mm-hmm. did like Python and like C plus or whatever. Uh, and yes, like languages. <laughs> yeah. So like coding is definitely, I don't think I'm the personality for coding. But I think different parts of engineering I definitely would have been interested in. Yeah. Yeah. Both my both my parents were in engineering and looking at them I'm like, oop, well <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure if I wanted to do that. But then again, I like was really trying to go to MIT for like a split second and I really liked it. I don't know. I feel like you would like it there too. Um well that's cool. I don't know if you I didn't so you said that you never I guess you always wanted to go to business school. Like in high school, were you thinking about Wharton or like any other business school? Or yeah, so in high school, I thought I was thinking more holistically in terms of schools, and then like all the schools I applied to had specifically a business school. So I was looking at like Georgetown's, McDonough, and then Boston College's something, and then Wharton. Yeah. Um, and I just ended up picking Wharton because the curriculum is like the most diverse. Like some of them only had like finance and accounting, and I. Mm. Well, yeah. Yeah. But Wharton, <laughs> Wharton has, I think, like, nine, ten or nine concentrations. So I was like, okay, I can figure out what I want to do if I go to a school that has the most. And it's the best. So I was like... Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Do you... So I bet in your four years you had a lot of ups and downs. Or maybe you had mostly ups. I don't know. <laughs> um, would you... Do you have any advice for people who are either coming into um, Penn or people who are thinking about... Penn, do you have any advice for succeeding here? Um, Advice for succeeding, I think, would be, one, knowing the resources available and asking for help. Um, And I think one big resource I never really tapped into was my professors. And, like, going to office hours, not because, like, you need help with the homework or whatever, but, like, to build those connections with them because you're going to need recommendation letters. And, like, the professors, especially at Penn, like, they can get you jobs, like, they have all these amazing connections, so I would say that's, like, one thing I wish I had done more, and I would say I recommend to other people as well. Um, I would say, like, as strategically as possible, plan out the classes you take, because, you know, having a high GPA to start off with is, it's always better than trying to, like, build up a GPA, so I feel like if you don't know what you want to do, like, take, like, the easy general requirements, if you can, and then figure it out later, versus, like, diving into something you're iffy on, and, like, for, like, example, like, a lot of kids who, like, were pre-med, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, dove into it, and, like, the shit was obviously hard. Yeah, now they're, like, oof. Right. (laughs) And it's, like, you have to recover, and, like, your GPA has to recover, so I'd say as best as you can, like, plan out what you want to do, and, like, make sure your classes are in the right order. I feel you. What was what would you say is your biggest regret at Penn? Hmm. Doesn't have to be specific, but like, (laughs) (laughs) um, I kind of wish I had like met more people. I feel like personality wise, I'm the type to have like a few really close friends, and like thus like not have the Mm -hmm. casual friends. So I feel like maybe like more diverse spaces. Also, yeah, all my friends are black, which is cool with me, but it's like also kind of like. Because you leave Penn, and then everyone's like, oh my gosh, you went to Penn, do you know this person? And I'm like... And it's like, no, I've never seen... Like, it. Was it a black person? Because <laughs> I've never seen Matthew before. Exactly. Like, <laughs> so, like, otherwise, it's likely that I don't. So I would say just, like, I wish I had, like, a wider range of, like, involvements, I guess. I thought you said a wider range. No, don't I would <laughs> No. <laughs> um, okay. Hmm. I would say that's a pretty... That's a pretty... Not good regret, because that's, like, an oxymoron, but, like, <laughs> a good thing to, like, look back at and think that you could have done that better. Um, so, 
even though, <laughs> even though, <laughs> speaking of black, <laughs> even though this is a podcast and like people can't really see you on here, you're light skin and, <laughs> and I'm also light skin. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit, taboo topic, but a little bit about the privilege that you've noticed that comes with that. Do you, like, does that happen on a day-to-day basis? Is it something that you think about or is it something that you don't even, like, you don't even consider? And it's okay if it's either one. I was just curious. I think I used to not think about it, but this past semester I took um, Ufoma Abiola's class on colorism, which literally we talk about it every week and, like, it forces you to think about it more and how, like, it shapes your experiences. So I definitely think about it more so now in, like, this past semester. But as far as, like, how it affects me, I think it's more on a day-to-day basis in the sense that being light-skinned lets me avoid things that others have to face. So it's, like, a passive day-to-day thing where it's just, like, certain things are just easier for me or, like, the way I'm received by people is completely different. So there's definitely that. And I remember there was that one time after, like, the whole group me incident. Right. And Amy Gutman was in Maku, like, talking to people. And, like, I was just in the room listening. And she's, like, talking. And people are asking questions. And she's going back and forth with people. And then, like, at the end, she was, like... And it had been, like, a rough info right. question and answer session and at the end she like stands up and she was like okay like I'm glad we could have talked like does anyone want a hug and me in the corner who had not spoken she walked directly up to me yikes and with her I was just like hmm oh. interesting because I feel like in senses like that it's like I I don't know I look the nicest to white people or even to like black people like that type of thing it's like the the little things, so yeah. I definitely think it's, like, day-to-day. Yeah, I would say I sort of get that, too, especially being at PWIs and, like, being in certain spaces. Like, being a psych major, it's sort of, I mean, it's pretty diverse, but it's still majority white, and um, I assume that that's sort of, like, how it is in Wharton, too, um, or, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, maybe in OID as well, like, it's majority white people. And Asian, but yes. And, well, yeah. (laughs) And um, sometimes I think that, you know, that this conversation sort of gets lost in a lot of spaces, a lot of spaces also with black people. Yeah. Because it's sort of like, oh, you're light-skinned, you're going to assume X, Y, Z. And it's like, no, actually, like, (laughs) I understand this, but I still want to, like, contribute to, like, a greater cause. And so... Would you, like, is it something that you have noticed prior to Penn, or was it more so, like, you didn't really have to think about it? Were you, like, always in whiter spaces? Yeah, so one thing we talk about in colorism class is that, like, when you're in whiter spaces, you tend to only recognize your blackness, and then there were kids in the class who went to, like, uh, predominantly black, like, high schools, and they had much more vivid experiences when they would realize, like, their color more so, that they were either um, being punished out of a large group when they mm-hmm. were, like, darker-skinned or, like, lighter-skinned individuals were not as, like, strictly punished for, like, bad behavior or things like that, or, like, even just the expectations that teachers had of them versus, like, in a PWI setting, I feel like you more so realize racism before you see colorism, but I think they're, they're definitely both there, and it's more of a critical thinking thing and actually reflecting on how you're treated compared to other black people, even though we're so few in spaces. And then one thing that we also talked about was like kind of a paradox of the class is that definitely we understand that white people 
our colorists and yeah. treat us differently based on it. But we also, as a class, didn't understand in the same breath that, like, white people will confuse any two black people, no matter how mm. different we look. So mm-hmm. that's, like, one of the things that I just still think is interesting because, like, the amount of people I've been confused with who are, like, a range of, like, appearances, skin tones, and, like, even just, like, height. I'm just, like, <laughs> you couldn't even figure that out. But at the same time, like, colorism is still active in this in that, like, sense. So yeah. That's so true. I'm glad you mentioned that because oh my, the amount of times I've been, I've been called someone else's name. Who one I first may not even know them. Like <laughs> may not even. And another thing is like we. I might vaguely look like someone from like behind at night. Like not even. <laughs> like not even remotely look. Like, and it's just it's like oh well you just look so much like her. I'm like but I don't actually. Yeah. Or it's like oh is that your dad? No, I actually don't know who that is. Like. <laughs> Actually, I've never seen that man before in my life. Um, okay, great. I'm. Gl- I have to take this color. Is it only it's offered lit. once a? No, I think it's only offered in the spring. And then for anyone, she's teaching three courses this summer session. Actually, one is coloris- colorism in the global sense, so including like Asia, Latin America, U.S. and Africa. And then mm-hmm. what's the other one? She kept plugging her classes, so I'm trying to plug. Her. <laughs> There's another one. Oh, colorism and bleaching. Which ah, I think, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, so those are both during the summer, and then Colorism in African American, which is like the main course, is um, taught in the spring. Hmm, okay, I'll have to look into that. I have yeah. to log into Pen and Touch at some point. <laughs> um, so, what's, so, what are some next steps? What's in store for Kimberly? Uh, what, what do you, because I feel like in about five years, like, you know, you'll be doing big things, probably on mm-hmm. the Forbes list, probably doing like, probably have like a bunch of money and building buildings and <laughs> architecture and stuff and so you know <laughs> no pressure but just like <laughs> what do you what are some of your goals or things that you're um, working towards yeah so right now I would say I definitely don't know what I like what my dream job is I don't think I have that yet um so I'm gonna do banking mm. for like put in my two years and then try to slide into private equity and then take a break from that and then go back to business school um, oh, so you do want to go back to school? Oh yeah, I like am definitely gonna okay. go back. I already took my GMAT and everything. I just mm-hmm. have I didn't apply to any of like the early programs because I kind of need to see how that private equity thing right. figures out before I start working on that. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to go back to business school, and then after that, I think I would want to like get a job more in like tech, but like not like tech tech, um, like Silicon Valley. Yeah, not uh, like necessarily though, but like. As in, I don't, I don't want to be in California at all. Yeah. I want to stay in New York. Oh, unpopular opinion. Yeah, I, like I know. It. Everyone, like, <laughs> runs off to Cali, and I'm like, No, I like it. It's not that great. That's all I like. <laughs> no, I like, I, I appreciate it. Like. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, like, running operations at somewhere like Amazon, like. Right, some, okay. Somewhere that's just, like, doing crazy things would be, like, amazing, so, yeah. Do you, have you thought about working overseas at all? I think I want to do that. A lot of advice I've gotten when I talk to people who are, like, very successful in their careers, they say that, one, well, this is more, like, in, like, staying in corporate sense, but if you work overseas, you'll, the people, like, a company will promote you, send you overseas, and then when you come back, you'll get promoted again. So people have always recommended that as, like, a fast-track one. And then, two, it just broadens your experience. Like, you can be working in the same business function, but the way it's run in a different country based on culture and just, like, the way of doing things can teach you different things that you can, like, bring back. So I'd be open to that. Hopefully, like, obviously, like, London or something. Like, an English-speaking country would Mm -hmm. be more ideal, but I'm not, like, opposed to working in, like, Hong Kong or, like, somewhere like that, so... 
Yes, that's what that's what happened to my dad when he was working like out. Once he graduated from business school, he went to go work for GE, and then after that, they like paid for him and like our family to travel and like move overseas. And it's sort of like there there's like a little pocket of people who are sort of in the same group. Like there are other Americans who are living in China who are like we all sort of live together. And like <laughs> um, they don't really call it immigrants; they call it ex. Patriot, expatriates with like okay (laughs) all right culture difference but like yeah it's like they pay for our house like every like for us to go to school all that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff and then once we got back here then he was promoted again yeah and so i guess it's just like if you want to spend four plus years like jumping around you know I don't really want to, but hey, unpopular yeah. opinion. <laughs> it would to me. It's also a timing thing. Like right now, sure. Like I'm like I'm single. Like I have no family. I'm down. Mm-hmm. But it's just Ooh, like single again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like yeah. By the time like if I had a family and kids, I would probably be like less willing to do it. Also, like being a woman, it's just like you're supposed to be like the one mainly. Yeah. Whatever, supposed um, to like you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's definitely a timing thing. But right now, I'm down to like go overseas. That's awesome. Well, thanks, Kim. I'm not done with the questions yet. Mm-hmm. We're about to do a flash round. Are you ready? Have you have you like listened to the podcast yeah. before and have seen this um, occur? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So just to give you a little sense. Um, <laughs> so this wouldn't be too too bad. I just have a couple questions. I'm um, scared. <laughs> <laughs> everyone says that. And it's like we don't ask we don't ask like you know really bad questions. It's just you know little things that we're just curious about. Um, so you only have, like, two or three seconds to answer. Okay. So it's, like, the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> What's your favorite seasoning? Um, garlic. Okay. What's your worst seasoning? What do you think is the worst seasoning? Um, I don't know. Oregano? I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One guy go. Frank Ocean, Rihanna, or SZA? SZA. I don't like SZA. Oh, unpopular. I like it. <laughs> when you're leaving the house, what is one thing you can't forget? My keys. <laughs> <laughs> Practical. <laughs> Tequila or rum? Tequila. Tequila or vodka? Uh, <laughs> vodka. Tequila or red wine? Tequila. Okay. Would you tip a bartender if they gave you something for free? Yeah, of course. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Mm. Wait, pause. Why? Okay, so, <laughs> Twitter, like, yeah, it's, like, funny, and, like, you just, like, can read it, but, like, if I had to give up one, I feel like I would give up Twitter, because that's just more, like, people's, like, funny stuff, versus Instagram, I feel like I'm keeping up with people's lives. I mean, people's yeah. fake lives, but, like, it's, like, a document. Like, yeah. I feel you. I understand. Okay. <clears throat> Let's resume. <laughs> Nordstrom or ASOS? ASOS. In one sentence, how do you feel about Kanye? Who? <laughs> Cardi B or Nicki Minaj? Nicki. Best breakfast dish? Bacon. Mm. How do you like your steak? Mm, medium well. Favorite movie you want to go see in the last six months? A Quiet Place was really good. Thoughts on Azalea Banks? I wish she would, you know, <laughs> get it together. She's talented for sure, but she should, yeah, you know, get that personal life thing worked out. Yeah. Would you rather have 50 good friends or three best friends? Three best friends. As you look back on your time at Penn, how would you rate your experience from one being terrible to ten being amazing? Ten. Donald Glover the actor or Childish Gambino the rapper? Gambino. Best look from the Met Gala? Mm, I liked Cardi B a lot, her her dress. Okay. 
And that's it. That's all of the questions that I have. It wasn't too bad, that right? It wasn't so bad. Okay. I didn't know. I was like, anything to pop out. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. And I'm really excited for you to, like, go off and do your big, great, amazing things. <laughs> and I hope that you can visit before, like, you start working 200 hours a week and stuff. And, you know, I'll never see you again. But, like, you know, I just really appreciated um, everything that you've done for everyone here. And a lot, you said that, you said earlier that, like, you know, you wished more people, or you wish that, like, you met more people when actually, like, I feel like a lot of people like you and a lot of people really respect you, um, including myself. And I'm going to really miss your presence. Um, You're going to make me cry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just wanted to say that before you leave soon. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you.